The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. All right, well, welcome to Open House with Team Rebud. Instead of being our house in the middle of our street, we're in the middle of the Puyallup Fair, and I'm here with... Eric Osnes. Of Home Street Bank. That's right. Welcome, everyone. Happy to be here at the Washington State Fair. I think it's what's officially called these days. Yes. We're broadcasting live today, and we're going to be talking about first-time homebuyers. Find that first home, what you need to know, what you should avoid, what you should definitely do. And, of course, we're willing to accept your scones and corn dogs as you walk by if Absolutely. you care to share. We will be talking for food I can smell today. everything. I'm getting oh. very hungry just sitting here. It's so, almost torture. So hungry today. <laughs> I know. That's Oh, it's so good. I love being here at the fair. It's been here since I was a little tot, and I never get tired of it. Always happy to be here. All right. Well, so let's dive into what this week's topic was about. Actually, we were going to be continuing from our usual show on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. here on AM 1300 KKOL. Uh, but at the end of our show on Tuesday, we had a question about lenders right. and how to find a good one. Because as a first-time buyer, people aren't going to know where where can they go and find good information about lenders who are out there. That's absolutely right. And this should scare everyone. To be a lender, what do you have to do? Any idea, Reba? Do I have uh, to have a college degree? Being able degree? to breathe. <laughs> right. I don't have to have a degree. No, you don't. I, uh, I don't have. Nor do you need to have any background in finance whatsoever. That's correct. I do these days have to take a test, but in most cases, I'm not required to be licensed. I'm not required to be, or required to have be bonded. No errors, no missions insurance. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be taking over your documents, looking at them, looking at your whole life, and you have no idea who I am. Wait, now you said license. Well, you do have to be licensed we do have to of be a sort licensed today. These days, now, yes, there is a test that we have to pass uh, to be a lender, which is fairly new. It's only been around for a few years, so it's, we're, we're we're actually happy about that. Anytime we can raise the bar and have a higher level of professionalism in any industry, even like yes. yours, uh, that's always a good thing. Absolutely. In fact, actually, one of our guests today, who's going to be a home inspector, same thing with their industry. It was only in about 2009 that they became a requirement of actually having to do specific schooling, testing, mentoring, and then uh, licensing, which I think uh, the public generally doesn't know that those changes occurred until they actually get into the home buying process. That's absolutely right. And that's if anyone tells them when that happens. Right. So knowing 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 that, and uh, how, how do you pick a lender? What's the best way to, to, to go about it? In our show last week, we talked about the you know interviewing your realtor, getting recommendations from them. We talked about looking online. You can look at Yelp. You yep, can look reviews. at, at um, you know Zillow. Looking at reviews of the lender, and then but, and there's other places for reviews Absolutely. outside of just those. Because I will tell you, a lot of lenders are not on Yelp. That's right. Specifically, and even on Zillow, there's 
kind of a, a tough way to see some things there. But obviously, if someone's on there and does have good reviews, uh, what is good about that, I will say over Yelp, Zillow must get verification of those reviews. So they actually do go out to the consumer to confirm that that was actually a true person and not just some random person. Because on Yelp, you can kind of mess around you with things. You can sort of fake it just a yeah, bit. Yeah, you That's can totally right. fake it on there. Right. So Zillow at least does have that. And then recommendations and getting other uh, referrals sure. is another option. Always good getting that. And interviewing the loan officer. And there's some questions that you might want to ask. You want to ask them about their transaction, of mm -hmm. course, but you also want to ask how many years of experience do they have? Mm -hmm. Do they specialize in working with the type of loan or scenario that, that you're dealing with? Correct. Do they focus with first-time home buyers? Do they know about the special programs? And, and that's actually, I want to make sure that we definitely get into the details of that because someone could say, oh, yes, I work with first-time home buyers, but what's that really mean? Right. Oh, they're, they're every every customer is a story problem and the the guidelines are daunting in lending we're averaging around 120 loan rule changes a month right now yes. and it really takes a true professional to be up on them to be know what the changes are and be able to react to those and give good advice based on that so right. it's it's super important to do those interviews and and uh, and and really ask um, some some deep deeper probing questions what types of programs do they work with how many years have they been doing it uh, all kinds of things Looks well, like so we, we actually have someone who just walked up to the booth here would you like to be on the radio i need to ask you some questions here, come <laughs> on over here i love it what's this your name this is a very early first time by what's your name trey 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 i'm gavin and that's gavin i'm going to ask you a quick question trey do you own your home no no do you um, do you have any money for a down payment to buy a home? I don't know. You don't yeah, you get yeah, an allowance. Yeah. You got a little bit. Do you okay. get an allowance? What? Do you get an allowance? I don't know. Have you okay. <laughs> have you owned a home in the last three years? What? Have you owned a house before? No. No. And do you earn less than ninety-seven thousand dollars a year? I don't know if I have. Yeah. Probably. Do you have a job? Probably not, huh? Well, yeah. well, guess yeah. what? You do have a job? No. Oh. I'm just talking oh, to you're him. unemployed. You know, if it wasn't for that, you would qualify for a zero-down first-time homebuyer loan program. What do you think about that? Yeah. Except you might be a little too short. We definitely have a height limit for people when they're buying a home. So maybe that wouldn't quite I work I don't know. For you. you might upset some people who aren't very tall. You be careful there. That's right. How are you liking the fair so far? She's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Have All fun right. on the rides. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, I guess, darn it, he didn't quite meet the criteria if not only quite had a job. he's that got a few been, years left i think before yeah. that's going to happen you could have you know could have grabbed his dad maybe though <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right all those probing questions i was asking him there is a, one of the best programs out there for for first-time buyers in mm -hmm. washington state it's called home advantage and if you you don't even have to be a first-time buyer if your income is less than ninety-seven thousand you can qualify for a zero down program. It can be a conventional loan, an FHA loan, a VA loan, a USDA loan, which is a homes for uh, loans for homes in rural, rural areas. Yep. yep. And basically what which the out here you have to kind of identify 
what rural is because some people might be surprised some of the cities that actually That's follow right. within those areas. We have a map and we can yeah. look it up. And uh, but but it's a program that that gives you a uh, either an FHA mainly or a conventional loan, mm-hmm. and then a second mortgage to cover the down payment and some of your closing costs. The interest rate on the second mortgage yeah. is 0.0%. Zero That's right. And the monthly payment on that is $0.00. Which is a pretty sweet deal, actually. That's right. So it's You don't a, get too many payment plans that are just zero when you actually have money associated with them. Not too many of those out there. Didn't we actually close somebody with one of those loans not that long ago? Yes, we did, just a few months ago. Yeah, just a couple That's months right. ago. I do That's recall. Right. That's right. So uh, there's some some great options out there for first-time buyers, and a lot of people are worried that, I don't know if I have the the cash to to make the down payment. That's not always a Yeah, especially when they've paid for so many things here at the fair. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I see a lot of large animals going by, big stuffed animals. Someone probably paid a pretty penny for those. I had a customer uh, call me uh, yesterday, and she's ready to buy a home, and she says, does it matter that I just put money down in a hot tub? And I'm oh like, my goodness. yeah, that could be a problem. Ouch. Wait till after you buy the home before you. Uh, yes, don't do those special do layaways for furniture or other items because we had that happen recently too. Thankfully, the layaway didn't set off the credit, but another new opened account did. That's right. Oh, yeah, you got to be a little bit careful yeah. about that. So I want to go back real quick to that point about lenders that you're qualifying to work with you when you buy a home. And back to the idea of first-time home buyers, because you happen to know about those programs, but I can tell you for a fact, not every lender does. No, that's true. And and I can I could do a poll of lenders even in my office, and I'll say, hey, do you know about Home Advantage, or do you know about the National Home Buyers Fund, or do you know mm-hmm. about mortgage credit certificates? These are all really cool things. Right. Most of the loan officers out there will shake their head and say, nah, it's too hard. So how would a consumer find out about those if they haven't yet spoken to a lender and they're just starting to understand what's going on? Sure. I you know, I would specifically ask them, probably the best, best place to start, honestly, take a class. Yeah. Take a first-time buyer class, learn about the, um, you know, the, the options and programs available, and then you can kind of start to do some, some research and decide mm-hmm. if that's a program that fits your needs that will work for you. Yeah. When I bought my first house, I actually took one of the Washington State Housing Finance Commission classes. And now, having been licensed since 2003, I'm super excited that I actually get to continue that myself. Because we've taught classes together for yep. many years. That's right. That's including right. those. Yeah. And those are a great way for the consumer to come and get a concentrated amount of time learning about those programs and getting a chance to see a lender like you presenting it so they understand the material. The state of Washington has a a website. It's called the Washington State Housing Finance Commission, WSHFC.org. And uh, if you log on to that site, Mm WSHFC.org, you can click education and it will give you a list of classes being taught. There's classes taught all the time and uh, it's a five-hour class. Sometimes those are done one day, usually maybe a Saturday morning, or sometimes they're broken up into a couple days. And and so depending on um, your schedule, you can get in there and take one. And there is even a way to take the first-time buyer class online. I'd really recommend a live class, though, because oh, I absolutely you learn would so recommend much. Live. You can ask your specific questions. Yes. And you can really get Well, you get anecdotes about how these things apply in the real world, which on right. the online version you don't get. That's right. That's right. Ooh, do we have some questions coming up for the next segment? You know, I think we, we might here. We've got some, we got some live ones sitting in front of us here. 
And uh, so, yeah, okay. we're going to maybe uh, All right, sit we'll them bring down him in on the next ask, segment. ask a few questions here. And we also today have a home inspector, which we're Correct. going to be interviewing today. Learn a little bit about the ins and outs of that. And I got a story for you uh, after the break okay. uh, about uh, the whole home inspection. You know how thing. I love stories. That's right. So, uh, so we're um, we're going to have a lot of information for you today. Hopefully, uh, yes. We'll also teach people about sewer scopes. That's right. You're listening to Business Radio 1300 KKOL. This is Open House with Team Reba with Eric Osnes and Reba Hass. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Open House with Team Reba. We'll return in a moment. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes. I'm Reba Hass. We're here at the Washington State Fair and uh, talking about first-time homebuyers. And in this case, we actually have some guests up at the, up at the desk with us. Uh, Danielle and Marcus, who are first-time home sellers. Welcome, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. So you you told us that uh, during our break you had some questions, mm -hmm. and I, why don't you go ahead and share those for anyone who's listening? Okay. Um, right now we're in a condo. We're wanting to know that if we are selling, that we're going to be able to get the most for what we're selling, and when is a good time to put it on the market? Okay. So I can certainly answer a lot of those questions for you. Um, just real quick, though, how large of a condo, like how many bedrooms is this? It's a three-bedroom, uh, about 1,200 square feet. Okay. Uh, good size. Two-story yeah. two, or single? Single, um, a single. single level? Okay. Yeah. Two-bathroom. Two yeah. Bathroom. Okay. Where is it located? Um, in Renton. Excellent. Okay. okay. Fantastic. And that's a growing area. So, um, Okay. So to your point about when is the best time. One of the things that a lot of folks automatically assume is that summer is always the best time. However, what you always have to think about is what type of property am I selling? So condominiums frequently, and this is why I asked how many bedrooms you had, frequently if it's two bedroom or less, they sell very easily all year, year long. Round. Because you gotta think about who is the potential buyer of your property, right? So in a three bedroom, now what you have in a condo is it can be people, especially a single story. Mm -hmm. uh, is it first floor, second floor, third second floor? floor? Second floor. Is it stairs only? Uh, very small, short, you know, distances. Okay. So, short distance. okay. Mm -hmm. so when you start thinking about who might buy that, you automatically kind of get an idea of, all right, am I potentially selling to families? Am I selling maybe to just, you know, maybe single adults or a couple, maybe someone downsizing? different things like that, right? So probably going to be someone who's mobile if it's stair access only. And then you start thinking about, well, when do these folks typically move? So if people have small children that are in school, frequently they try and limit their moves to the summertime. 
But yeah. not always, especially if they're still moving within the same school district. Right. That's the big right? key. They want to get in the home before the school, before school Absolutely. starts. Absolutely. But if they're staying within the same school district, families typically still willing to move during that period of time, yeah. as long as it's not necessarily disruptive to, to where the kids are going to school, right? So in your situation, condos, because of just the demographics of who typically lives in them, they tend to sell fairly well, mostly year-round. But what slows people down during the holidays is folks being like, I don't want to be bothered. Now, yep. if you're the kind of person that during the holidays, you're willing to keep your house in showing condition, then it's not an issue because people who are buying during that period of time are very serious buyers. They're motivated. Very motivated. Every house I've bought has been in the wintertime when the yard looks bad and it's dark and gloomy out because the sellers are motivated typically. So that mm -hmm. might play well for you too. Okay. You know, if you're selling this time of year, you got someone who uh, maybe wants to get into their new condo before right. the holidays so they can have their parties exactly. and, and everything in the, in the new condo. Yeah. And then you're on the buying side, you're going to be going out looking for a place uh, right. from a motivated seller. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So also from the standpoint of making sure that you're getting the top dollar for it, really condition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because we're in such a marketplace. We talked about this on one of our shows, actually our first show. Um, and last this last Tuesday, we have such limited inventory right now. King County only has about 1.2 months of inventory for the entire it's real area. Tight. It's really, really tight on inventory. It's a great time to be selling, actually. You're looking to rent in for the new home? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 We want to oh, stick cool. in that area. Um, okay. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a growing area, and we yeah. are aware of that. Um, you right. Know. Well, and you've got Boeing doing really Boeing well, so there's well. a lot of folks still trying yeah. to right. find places right. to stay. Danielle, do you have yeah. the same ideas about the home you're buying as Marcus? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? Yes, love the area. Yeah? You're okay with a man cave? Absolutely. Yeah? Yes. I'm all for it. Excellent. So she's saying, finally, finally, get him in a man yeah, cave. That's good. Give him that's good. Keep his stuff in that room. All right. Yeah, we've had that it's not everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I wish I had a man cave for my husband. We have a six-bedroom house, but he doesn't have a man cave, and I feel bad because he's, like, always at the bar area of the kitchen. That's All of right. his crap. Yeah. Sort of right longingly there. thinking about it. That's <laughs> right. Definitely yeah. an equal opportunity wife. Yes. Excellent. All right. Wow. Well, All that's right. A, that's like excellent yeah. catch. And you got the right hat on, too. Go Hawks. Yes. Awesome. So, so definitely when you're prepping uh, the home, Make sure it's it's make it as tidy as possible, declutter, depersonalize, all of those things. They really help you because you, you want to think about the flow. You know, like in, in our business, we meet with sellers in advance and we kind of do kind of a preliminary staging appointment. And we, we look at how is everything laid out because how people live in their home and how they sell their home mm -hmm. is vastly different. Right. And especially in this area, we have such sophisticated buyers. You know, people are online. They, they study after study shows 92% of everybody is, you know, looking online first. And here's something that I think can really help you as you start prepping your home for sale. Now, obviously, you should get help from somebody, but think about your phone. 70% of buyers now do their home searching just on their phones. So if you go walk around your house, you'll know how much decluttering you have to do. It doesn't have to be sparse. It just needs to be clear. Clear. If you can take a picture on your cell phone and not have it look cluttered, 
you're in. You're in the right ballpark. Yeah. And then I'm going to hire you to come to my house. <laughs> I've seen your house. Come on. You're pretty tidy for a guy. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. I got the man cave. That's he does have a man cave. That yeah. is true. My husband was jealous. But you have a very small television. Yeah. What can I very say? Small. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is one place that size does matter. <laughs> this is a problem. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed about my small television. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, one more question I, I was a little concerned about. Um, now, I, I hear a lot of people say that it, it should be important that we upgrade, you know, as far as like appliances and things like that. How important is that, or is that something that that is we should really? Question. It depends. Like, how how old are your appliances? Um, since '96. '96. And fairly good working appliances. Okay. You know, they're in decent um, condition. Are they? Decent. What what color are they? Um, white. 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 Yeah. Okay, okay, so they're pretty, yeah, you know, they're pretty like normal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's a couple of things to consider. Um, if because that's a, a, a pretty big cash outlay, uh -huh. right? To redo all your appliances. Because yeah. you, you're talking like dishwasher, stove, washer dryer, right. washer dryer, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So here's a suggestion for you because this is something we also do with our clients and whoever you end up working with, mm -hmm. right? Talk to them about home warranties. Mm -hmm and possibly offering a home warranty. Like I buy a home warranty for every single one of my clients. And these were only just in, since 2012 required for real estate agents to tell the public about. They've been around forever. I've been buying them for 12 years. Other states, they've been required. Um, in Washington, only in the last year or so have they said you have to actually talk to your clients to tell them they're available. But here's what's great about them. When you get one for a buyer, it's part of a negotiating tool mm -hmm. in a sale. So let's say they come in and they're like, oh, but they're all older. We right. want upgrades. Well, you know, they can go pick them. I mean, my husband and I, we just got a new fridge on two, uh -huh. excuse me, Thursday. We had to wait two weeks for it. We spent $2,700 on a fridge. <laughs> yeah. We're in the process now. Uh, yeah. Getting those. Are things, you pricing yeah. them? Yeah. yeah. It's, pain, it's kind yeah. of painful. So if you're about ready to buy a home, my personal recommendation, unless there was something really wrong with them, is you do a deep clean. You know, like we bring cleaners in and we have a deep clean done, including the appliances. Make everything as pretty as possible. And if it's in working condition, you could probably yeah, put it. your money somewhere else. Yeah. Right? What, what's a home warranty a home cost? Warranty. Home warranties for a condo are typically going to maybe be around two seventy-five to three hundred fifty dollars or so. Yeah. One so they're very fee. reasonable. They last for a year. Uh, National Association of Realtors does studies, and about 40% of homes, something breaks down within the first year of transfer of ownership. And so if you have one of those in place, it's kind of the safety net because what happens is it, it gives that buyer a policy that says, hey, if something breaks, $60 call-out. It's really low, inexpensive call-out for the service. And then the, the company sends their people out. They have contracts with different vendors. They come out and they look at the issue. And if it's an item that's covered under the warranty, they either have to repair it or they have to replace it. And I had one client who got a $6,000 refrigerator replaced for one of those policies because we found out a bracket wasn't, um, it was bent. And so when they were putting their, their food in, it was going bad quickly and they couldn't figure out why. So they called someone out. It was a nine-year-old refrigerator, Viking. And the bracket had been bent, and it was no longer available. So they had to replace it, and that was that was totally worth it. My first, my, well, not my first, my last house I just bought in 2007. Even for a sewer line, I had to have cleared. Sixty dollars, you know, a, a 
guy coming out plumber normally costs like 100 to 150 dollars an hour so even just the call out fee was a savings awesome. good good hey yeah. one other question for you guys the condo itself have you done any research on the project itself the percentage of owner occupants yes, in the great project question. we no. have uh, well not, not, not quite because not um when we first uh, moved in there was um you know it's a, your mic. Sorry, a fairly small community so mm-hmm. we kind of, you know, could keep track that way. But, you know, there's been a lot of changes. Okay. So so you're going to want to look into that because going back to the who can buy your place, if your condo association is not FHA approved, you've now lost out 40 to 60% of the potential yeah. buyers. Yeah. And, and so you really have to be planning about that too. And we want to okay. know that at least half of the units are mm-hmm. owner-occupied. Yes. And you're... Not necessarily the whole project, but in the at least in the phase of the project that you live in. Yes. So we so we're looking for 50% owner occupancy. Mm-hmm. We're looking for no more than maybe 15% of the owners are late on their homeowners association right. dues. So you got to be up on that. Yeah. We're looking at the budget of the condo association is properly managed. They've got good reserves. And, and a reserve they, study. Yep. And that there's no sort of big scary lawsuits going on in the in the development. So if, if we kind of you kind of say check 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 those all look good. Yeah. Then you've got a good marketable property to sell. Yes. And that's going to be really important because financing can make a huge difference oh, when yes. you're looking at a condo. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So getting people to your place is about making it look really good. Do good photos. We use professional photography, and then making sure who you can sell to because that is really key because you're going to want to do your marketing appropriate right. to who can buy it Thank and you if it's so fha much. approved you want to scream that out in your marketing that's okay. right i see you have your daughter here too yes. with you yeah what's like, what's the best food here we're starving oh yes it smells so good the corn dogs, corn dogs. i'm a corn dog oh. fan where are they down that yeah they're probably everywhere. <laughs> probably <laughs> everywhere. All right. Okay. We'll have to. We'll have to work on that. Thank you so much. Because, uh, yeah. Wow, did well, that thank, help? That did was that... very helpful. Really appreciate it. Excellent. Well, Wonderful. Thank you so much, Danielle Marcus. I hope yeah. you guys have good luck to, selling your condo. If and... you want to get on our email list too, you can text that team Reba to two two eight two eight on your cell phone. Thank That's you. right. Thank That's you. right. Thank you. Very excellent. Much. Well, thank you guys, and enjoy the rest of the fair. Well, Reba, when we come back, we're going to be interviewing a home inspector and learning out a whole bunch of nasty things that can come up. sewer scopes. I'm going to get a scone. You're listening to Open House with Team Reba. We'll return in a moment. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back, everyone. We're broadcasting live from the Washington State Fair in Puyallup. I'm Eric Osnes. I'm Reba Hass. This is Open House with Team Reba. Today we're going to be talking about first-time buyers and all the things you need to know. We're going to be talking about inspections and financing and all kinds of crazy stuff and like sewer that. sewer scopes, so, what I love to call a house colonoscopy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, And I, I see a couple uh, a couple folks out in front of here, and I, they're wearing the proper, proper shirt. Yeah, they got the HD on. Yeah, what kind of bike you ride? <laughs> Oh, you got tongue-tied now. Yeah. Well, our inspector seems to have strolled back up this way. I can tell you what he rides. He's got a he's got a Harley. You've Wait, got a Harley. What do you re- what do you reintroduce ourselves? I'm Eric Osnes. I'm a Road King Classic, and we have a home inspector here, and he's a Street Glide. And I'm who rides on the back of his Street Glide. That's right. Ooh, CBO, excellent. All right. For all of our listeners, that's 
that means it's fast. So, so Reba. <laughs> Thank you for the explanation. I when, had no um, idea. I was going to tell you a quick story. Oh, yes. And Please do. segues perfectly into our guest here. Uh, I got a phone call from my dad this morning. My dad's in his oh, yeah. uh, mid-80s. How is Larry? And uh, Larry's doing good. He, uh, he said, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, I don't know why. And he said, well, um, I got a little sewer problem at my house. Oh. And I'm like, really? And tell me about it. He goes, well, we had some guys out. They got the backyard all dug up, and uh, I'm going to have to replace some sewer line. I'm already $8,000 into it. Oh, my they, God. He's already spent 8000 Yeah, and they want another $28,000 to replace the sewer lines to hook in. And uh, Whoa, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. So my first, oh. my first gut reaction is this, uh, my dad, number one, why didn't he call me before he wrote a check for $8,000? Oh, exactly. But number two... Uh, what's going on here, and is he is he getting gouged? Um, you know, so well so, considering what was going to happen with his property that we'd been talking about. That's right. Well, that's right. You know, he's here. We got a guy who's thinking about maybe maybe he'll sell it down the road. And that's to that's a, the case. To a builder developer right. that they would be able to redo the sewer line for nothing. Exactly. So, you know, and, and that brings up uh, the, the reason I bring that up is because uh, folks that are buying homes in Seattle or in older neighborhoods older homes um, you got a few things that you need to check out to make sure that home's okay before you before you you go in and, oh, and purchase more than a it. few yes so I'm happy here to have uh, have with us uh, our guest James Rupp and James you're a home inspector certified home inspector yep that's correct and RNH home inspection RNH home oh, inspection and sewer sorry yeah. right and and you also own a sewer scope yes I have some very expensive side sewer scope equipment that I can use to check the lines and basically what it does is it goes in and it does a high definition video of the line from the clean out to where it reaches the city's main line. Wow. So I'm envisioning a, a video of this and I'm thinking this is going to kind of look like a bad sort of Pac-Man game or something like that. No, it's seriously Act like a colonoscopy. But, but actually, <laughs> people, people don't think about it, but almost all the water that goes down your sewer is bath water, right. dish water. So most of the lines usually don't look too bad. Right. <laughs> they got water stains. Sure. Yeah. And, and the thing you have to watch is that all the stuff going down that line are what the roots love. Sure. And if a root can get in there, they're going to thrive. Yes. Oh, so yes. you just made me think about the nutrients we're providing for the living yes. things around. Oh boy! Right. So, of the the lines that you look at, the sewer lines you look at, how many are are pristine? They're they're fine. They're not broken. They're okay. A good percentage of them are okay, and it depends on the age of the house. The older the place is, the more likely they are to have problems. It's highly recommended that any house over 15 years old have a sewer scope done because of the fact that by that time you're already starting to get to the point where there's problems. But also don't forget when you have new construction, in new construction it's important to have that done too because what will happen is, is while they're driving all the big equipment around, they're driving over the top of those lines. Absolutely. And, and so Correct. problems can be created there too. And well, not even just from the large equipment. We all know that I have my own horror story from my last house with the sewer line that the neighbor in front of me, three years old house, they had to dig a 13-foot deep hole in my backyard, nine feet long, six feet wide, 
to access the sewer line that three years into it had uh, become offset and they had to, to repair it. Oh, yeah. Even, uh, you know, my dad's situation here uh, today, uh, when when the sewer line was originally put in, whoever put it in uh, laid the pipe right over the top of an old metal septic tank that had been abandoned. Oh, my goodness. So as the septic tank uh, metal started to corrode and, and rot away, it sunk into the ground, and, of course, the pipe, the sewer line, sunk right along with it and eventually, eventually broke and collapsed. So... Uh, yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see that happen, you know, from time to time in in our area. So, so James, what? Let's say that you scope a, a, a line and you see there's a, a, a break in a, a in a pipe. There's some roots getting in. What can a homeowner do? So at that point, what they do is their best option is to take the video that they've been provided because they will get a video with the inspection, and then they can send that out to three or four different contractors. And make sure that they're getting, have them look at the video and give them estimates based on what they're seeing. So you're going to get really good estimates because they're going to be able to see exactly what's going on. And you they're usually know, mark the spot where yeah. the break is. Yes, they're going to know how deep it is, where it's at. They're going to know all that information. So that way they can also look at the different um, quotes they get back to and make sure they're matching up. Excellent. You know, look for the oddball in the group, but make sure that the information you get matches. The pricing should be pretty consistent. So you're really looking for the oddballs in the group. Yeah. That and sometimes the, the sewer line is something that a homeowner can do themselves, but you have to be very careful because I know the sewer, sewer people we've worked with in the past with clients, the depth of that sewer line really impacts the amount of price involved as well. Because if it's four, if, say you're in Seattle and it's four feet or less, that's something that can That's be dug up bad. pretty easy. Right. But anything beyond that, the city has a lot of other requirements yes. to, for safety. And make sure that hole yeah. that's being dug is safe. But also remember, you're responsible for the line all the way up to where it meets the city sewer Correct. line. So if your line is running underneath the road and that's where the break is or that's where the repair needs to be made, you're responsible for the repair and putting the road back in the condition it was before yeah, it got correct. cut up. Yeah, and so. the city of Seattle, if they have to cut into the concrete, you're required to replace an entire 12-foot by 12-foot pad, okay, which is very pricey. Uh, you just uh, made my day tomorrow a um, lot, lot more lively. I've, I have a funny feeling of being up to my knees and, and duty tomorrow then as I, we go through this. So, James, uh, but sorry, we got <laughs> sewer, sewer scope as well. So sewer is super important. What are some other major things that a, that a, a person should look at when they're purchasing a home and having it inspected? Well, you'd want to get your home inspection done. Um, make sure that your inspector has a structural pest inspection license also because they're going to be in there looking to make sure that you have no bugs or beetles that are in there that are going to be eating your wood. Yep. Um, they're going to go Not in. Not like and, beetle juice. Yeah, no. And they're, they're going to go through the entire house from top to bottom. They're going to go into the attic. They're going to look around in the attic. They're going to make sure that you don't have any leaks. They're going to look for improper wiring, improper plumbing. In the crawl space, we're going to look for a vapor barrier. We're going to make sure that there's no water issues down there because that's really where the beginning of a failure of a house happens is in the attic and the crawl space. Sure. If there's water intrusion anywhere. Yeah. And you have a moisture meter, right? Yes. I have a very expensive moisture meter, too. And it, what it does is it goes through and it measures the percentage of water in the wood. So anything over 
is a potential problem. Do you keep bringing up how expensive your equipment is to give an idea that well, these these inspections are really pricey for people? Hey, he, he doesn't no. have a man cave, <laughs> yeah. so you know. Oh, at least, well, at oh, least you see. can do. I see, but he does have a nice. He's got TV. Some, some good expensive uh, tools and, and right. So and give us some price ranges. Huh? Give well, us some price ranges. Moisture meter, moisture meter. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about your equipment. Like, oh, what's it cost for somebody to have? Okay. Yeah, so, for the consumer, not yeah. you. <laughs> so your typical inspection for a 2,000-square-foot house is going to run right around $400, okay? And that's a very small investment Ish. when you're buying a house. Wow. Yeah, it'll yeah. range from it, inspection company yeah. to inspection it company. It varies yeah. a little bit, but that's kind of the average. Cheap okay. insurance, though, really, yeah. if you're thinking about yeah. spending hundreds of thousands of dollars right. on a home. But it, that's not yeah. including a sewer scope. No, a sewer scope is typically running right around $250. Some people are down around 200, some are up above that, but 250 seems to be like the average. Yeah, price. I see the range two and a quarter yeah. to 350, probably yeah. most commonly. Yeah, got it. But got then it. again, if you book with somebody that does both, usually there's a discount right. for doing both inspections together. Oh, nice plug! Sure, yeah. nice yeah. plug for yourself. You're one of the few people I know who does both. Well, you've told me also, James, especially in this uh, housing market we've got now, which is really, really hot. Some people don't have the uh, the luxury of getting into contract on the home first and then having their inspection done. They're having to pre-inspect the homes. Are you doing a lot of those? Yes, actually pre-inspections have become quite popular right now. Um, I've actually done like five pre-inspections for somebody before while they were trying to win a house, but that's not another horror story. He was just having a hard time. And, wow. and yeah. I've had other people have me do two inspections back to back on two different houses for the same guy on the same day. So they, they're hoping that they're going to get the offer accepted on number one, but if that doesn't work, then they can move on to number two, and they've already inspected it, and they're ready to go. That's correct. <laughs> wow. A pun with a sewer scope. Pun, yeah. yeah. They didn't have time. They didn't have time to get a second inspection done before they had to make an offer on the second house. So, yeah, we just did them back to back. Interesting. How many homes do you find? I mean, what are the, what's like the number one thing that you're finding or identifying in a typical, say, a 20, 25-year-old home in the area? Um, it, on the older homes, you find typically you'll find the places where the flooring has been repaired from water damage. Toilets are notorious for creating water damage. They have a wax ring seal, and the wax ring seal will start to give way after a while, and they'll start to leak. But there's not a lot of evidence of that when you're looking at the house. Sure. So you have to get basically into the crawl space, and you have to move a little insulation around just to make sure that it hasn't been leaking in the past. And then you also throw your meter up there to make sure it's not still leaking now. Okay, good, 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 good. Anything else that uh, home buyer should really be be focused on? Um, actually, I always tell them get an inspector to do your inspection for you. Another plug for the business. But, sure. But also while they're there. Well, it's a good point because you can't have a a non-licensed inspector and yeah. then try and ask for negotiations. Yeah. And, and take the time while you're there to learn about your house. Almost all the inspectors that are really good at the job will take the time to explain to you what's going on. Excellent, yes. So, and, and maybe take notes and know exactly what it is, um, you know, some maintenance tips, things to look for, maybe the, the must-do things now, but also mm -hmm. the should-do things coming I up down the road. I consider it a great maintenance list for people long-term. And they should probably do it every five years as they own the home. Excellent. You're listening to Business Radio 1300 KKOL. When we come back, more at the Washington State Fair. Stay with us. Open House with Team Reba will be right back.
Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. All right, well, welcome back to the Washington State Fair. I'm Reba Haas. And I'm Eric Osnes. And we are Open House with Team Reba. So we're talking about first-time home buyers, talking about fun things like inspections and sewer scopes. Mm, makes me want to run out and get food now. Yeah, that corn dog doesn't sound so good right yeah, now. Yeah, not so good now. I yeah. might just go for an elephant ear. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> we're talking about first-time buyers. There's so many good programs out there for buyers. There's programs with low down payments. There's special programs where you can get tax credits and incentives. Right. You know, the but the number one issue that comes up for first-time buyers is really getting, it's, it's about being prepared to buy that home because yes. they've got to have okay credit. They've got to have a, maybe a little bit of money saved up. They've got to be able to afford the payment. Well, and say, yeah, I was going to say not just money saved up for a down payment potentially, but also for those closing costs. That's right. And those things such as the cost to pay for those inspections. And making sure that you're totally prepared and, and, and ready to buy. You know, the, the goal of, of a, a real estate agent and a lender should be that we have successful homeowners. Correct. That when they're in the home, they're going to be successful in that home. Yeah, not just that they successfully close on the home, but they can stay in that home for a long period of time. That's right. You don't want to be, uh, you know, house poor. You don't want to be eating No, you don't want to have your things own you. You want to own your things. One of my customers said chicken legs and neck bones. You know, that's (laughs) not what you want to be having for dinner every night. I don't think most people would have that anyway. That's sort of a recurring (laughs) food theme today on on our show. I think they'd just go for the dollar menu. Yeah. So, Reba. Yes. Mortgage credit certificate. Yes. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. In fact, I've had several clients utilize those. And uh, typically in a scenario where they're trying to boost their debt-to-income ratios for qualifying. That's right. There's a program that's been around by the state for many, many years. Uh, I would venture that you're one of the few real estate agents out there that actually are aware of the program and know oh. anything about it. Most uh, most don't. And it's a, it's, okay. a, it's an excellent program. Basically, I feel special. Yeah, what it is, it's a, it's a tax credit of 20% of your mortgage interest taken off of the taxes that you owe. It's not a deduction. Deduction lowers your taxable income. A credit takes away from the taxes you actually owe. And, the, and that sounds pretty fantastic. It can it can actually almost double the tax benefits when you buy a home, which can be significant for a couple reasons. Number one, it saves you a whole hunk of money. Mm-hmm. But number two, uh, as a lender, we can actually use the tax credit, the amount of the tax credit, to help you qualify for more home. We consider it income. So a person that um, that it's buys a very a, unusual program. It's um, but it's it, a it's a fantastic program. That's right, and uh, and there's a there's a few rules for the program. Basically, I was going to say, why don't more people use it? Well, number one, they don't use it because not everybody knows about it. Number two, because a lot of mortgage lenders out there don't talk about it because it's more paperwork. Ah, yeah. yes, most people it's don't hard. like to take on extra work. And number three. Um, because uh, there are some some requirements for the program. The first requirement is that a person cannot earn more than about ninety thousand dollars for a one or two person household for mm-hmm. basic King Pearson, Homish counties, varies okay. from county to county. So that's that's one other reason because yep. some folks earning more wouldn't sure. qualify. If you have a family of three or more in your household, the the income ceiling is ninety seven thousand okay. dollars. So that's that magic number on a lot of programs. Yeah, it is ninety seven. Uh, you know, we have a lot of folks that can kind of hit that mark. You know, I always say congratulations. You earn less than $97,000. It's like, oh, man. 
But number three, uh, you have to take a class. And so that, that we come back around to a, you have to take a first-time homebuyer class uh, to be eligible for the program. And that's the Washington State Housing Finance Commission-sponsored class. Right. It's not just any random class. Which is www.wshfc.org, Washington State Housing Finance Commission.org, and you can sign up for classes. So there's a one-time fee that you pay for this program, which is $650. But, hey, if, if you can spend $650 and get, I don't know, tax credit of, say, $3,000 a year. That's a pretty good investment. Right. It's huge. That's and, great return on investment. And this mortgage credit certificate lasts for as long as you own that home. That's an even better return on investment. Right. So this is a, this is something that I, I love to talk to first-time homebuyers about because, number one, it's not that well-known. Number two, it, it helps them qualify for a bit more home. If I can pick up a couple hundred dollars as a mortgage credit certificate, that might mean extra buying power of $40,000. Yeah. How many so, more bedrooms and bathrooms would $40,000 buy? Uh, depends on where you're buying it. but maybe, I, no, that's, that's, at, least, at least one bath, one bedroom. I was going to say, the answer is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's always uh, always a good thing to consider. Well, 40,000, if someone hasn't looked at that program and they do qualify for it and they have had a cap threshold on their, their lending, we do look into those kinds of situations to say, well, how can we possibly rise above a price point? And that, that is one of the few ways that we can do it without somebody going out and finding a way to earn more money. That's right. That's right. There's, there's a, few, a few things that a, a first-time buyer can use to, to boost their buying power because most people... Their, their, their vision of the home they're buying is, is a little bit more grand than maybe what their finances can actually support. Oftentimes, yeah. yes. So, I mean, that's just human nature. So how do, we, how do we help with that? So number one is we give them some tax benefits. Number two, we give them a program where they don't have to maybe make as large a down payment, which will help right. increase their buying power. They can, they can use that, that cash for other things, for instance, maybe buying upgrades. down the interest rate oh, yeah. or upgrades to the home. So we can we can use it to get a lower a lower interest rate on the home. Yep. And that There's, goes back to that same topic of own your things, don't let your things own you. That's right. The other way that you can really kind of help is is on the topic of mortgage insurance or PMI. Mortgage insurance is something that's required on loans whenever you put less than twenty percent down. It's just sort of one of those rites of passage. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just going to be a requirement. As a homeowner, you don't really get anything for that. It doesn't. Right. You know, help yeah, there's you. no benefit to you directly. All it does is if you ever defaulted on the loan, it covers the bank's loss. But, hey, it's a requirement if you put less than 20% down. So the bank should call it CYA for CYA. bank instead of PMI. Instead of PMI. <laughs> PMI is CYA. That's absolutely right. So, but. Lender CYA. In I the like that. In the old days, PMI, you had one choice. It was just tacked on to your monthly payment. Well, that takes away from how much you qualify for. Right. Because you've got that, you've got to have factor that into your mortgage payment. Now there's other options as well. We can do a program where you pay a one-time PMI fee, and there's no nothing added to your monthly payment. Again, maybe we pick up 100, 200, 300 dollars a month. That boosts your buying power significantly. That is significant. And so, so we and and the, the the cost of that PMI can be paid by the buyer if they've got the money saved up for it, or it could be paid by the seller if you can negotiate it. So. In this market right now, it's a hot market, Reba. How Very hot. successful will a buyer be trying to negotiate to get the seller to pay some, some closing costs, maybe you know, pay the PMI? We've been seeing 
things kind of all over the map. It really depends on the area and how quickly those homes are selling. If you find a, a property that's been on, say, longer than two or three weeks, right? you may have a little bit more luck because maybe they were anticipating it would sell in that first two-week period, and it didn't, so maybe now they're overpriced. Got it. Um, you can also take a look at what is that position. You know, a, a real estate agent can look at some of the background of a property and find out roughly where a seller's position is financially. So if they've got room to offer that, that might be a possibility. New construction, actually, a lot of the new construction uh, places have been offering credits recently. So, you know, it, it really all depends. It's kind of property dependent. If you got someone who's just barely breaking even on their house, probably not so not much. Not going to happen. Well, let's say I've got, a, I've got someone, I've got a seller, and they're just not willing to pay the closing costs. One of the tactics that, that, that we can use is to actually increase the sales price and then have True. the seller pay it. Yes, so let's say we want $5,000 you know, paid in closing costs. Why not increase the price $5,000, as long the as it can pay the $5,000, and, and that way the seller's getting the same amount of money in their pocket at the general end of General net effect. Yeah, general sure. net effect. You can. There's a couple other things that you might want to use as tricks for that, but we can talk about that on another show. But uh, as long as it also will appraise. Sure. We have to do an appraisal of the property as long as that supports that higher price. Yeah. Then what did we do? We just saved our, our buyer. $5,000 out of their pocket. Oh, That's yeah. 5000 bucks that they don't have to come up or with. More. Yeah, or more. Yeah, absolutely. And we can use that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to remind people, though, before we, because uh, I think we're yeah. off the air here pretty soon, I want to remind folks, you can actually text Team Reba to 22828 on your smartphone, and you can get on our newsletter. Thank you all for joining us. Open house with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes. Let's go get scones. That's right. Hats. I'm starving. Welcome. Business Radio 1300 KKOL. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash Max Metro East Side on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Tuesday at 3 for more Open House with Team Reba here on Business Radio 1300 KKOL. Program sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.